At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Uh, welcome to our show today, the Author Brand Show, which hosts beautiful and interesting guests talking about their books and what they've done to make the world a better place. Our guest today is a dynamic bilingual facilitator. He's a speaker, certified behavior and body language expert. He combines his military training with his business background to bring laser focus to tactical solutions that always deliver measurable results. Now, he's led the change efforts that result in higher performance, impact, and growth to companies you've heard of, like the CDC. Georgia Power, SunTrust Bank, Delta Airlines, and Sherman College of Chiropractic, just to name a few. He's also the author of the international acclaimed book, The Client Nation, The Perceptions, Your Profits, uh, Their Perceptions, Your Profits. And he supervised and built teams that have resulted in increased profits and high-performance teams in retail, corporate, fitness, banking, real estate, financial education, technology arenas around the world using many of the methodologies described in his book. He's got over 25 years experience. No, looking so young here. Uh, working with individuals to see suite executives and leadership, communication, team development, hiring analysis, strategic business development, and customer service tactics. So welcome to the show today, my friend and author, Rico Pena. Rico, how are you today? I'm doing awesome, Doug. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, uh, you bet. Wow, that is, such, that is quite a resume. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a long time building. You know, and you, you gloss over the military background here, my friend, but I, I know a bit more about that than perhaps some of our guests. You want to give us a little uh, a background on, on you a little bit? Uh, sure. Um, uh, behavioral scientist really is my core. It's what I focused on is a lot of what I learned in the military about communication, verbal and nonverbal, uh, asking great questions, how to build rapport, especially in difficult situations. And I brought that into the civilian world as to working with executives, leaders, new leaders, managers, supervisors on some of the basics that most companies struggle with that don't realize. And it's just basic communication. Yeah. But not just communication. We can all say that all across the board. It's really how do you ask good questions, understand what the answers mean, both verbally and non-verbally, in order to build rapport, build trust, especially with your teams, especially when you're trying to build a concept, an idea, a process, or a system. Uh, and that's really what I brought to the table, both from the military, right. building three companies from concept to big paydays, you know, dealing with customers and things of that nature. And, you know, my expertise is how to understand the behavior, the communication, and more importantly, how to make a connection that lasts. I was thinking that, you know, being a Marine, you just – you know, artillery with not a lot of questions going on there. Just, you know, ready, fire, aim, right? I mean, I don't know. That's right. It's just a grenade fixes everything. Okay, good enough. Um, we're going to chat for 20, 25 minutes today. And uh, what are three or four takeaways people can expect from this conversation of us today? What is really the definition of good communication? How to ask the kind of questions that make people comfortable and want to have a conversation? Uh, but more importantly, um, how to get that information and turn it into influence and building loyalty, whether it's customers or your team. Nice. Okay. Terrific. I love that uh, building influence and, and you know, understanding what communication really is. is. Are you saying that some people don't really know good, communi good communication when they hear it? Well, Brian Tracy said it best. 
We all speak the same language, but use different dictionaries for each word. Mm-hmm. And communication isn't just about speaking or telling or getting a great story. Communication is about connecting. The root word for communication is community. Mm. But we don't speak to build communities. We speak just to transfer information, right? But we don't take in consideration is what we're transmitting being received in the intent that we want it to. Imagine sending an email and it's a nice email, but the person on the other end is having a really, really bad day. They're not going to read that email in the manner you intended it. And how many times have you walked into the office and a person's perception of you for that day is not a good one. doesn't matter what you say, it's going to go through that filter. So how do we not just communicate, but how do we connect the intent of our communication? Wow, that's a great example. So I can't control if somebody's having a bad day or not. Right. But you can observe that. You can see that that person's having a bad day and realize you need to change your approach to that person. Where we're wanting to get things done, get results, especially if you're a leader, you have a high performance team, you've got deadlines and goals that you need to achieve. You're not really thinking about what's going on with this person today. And and, and it gets overlooked. Instead of asking questions to get to the root cause of why that person's there, that person's going to have that type of focus or that type of, of intensity, that temperament throughout the day, which can poison the rest of the team. Yeah. So as a good leader, you observe someone, that person is off. Let's mm-hmm. just have a conversation to see why they're off. Could be, you know, they just found out that they're pregnant or they found out they're, they're about to lose their house. You know, there's a lot of different things right. that they can bring to the, to the workforce that can affect performance. You know, one of the biggest shifts I've seen, we both study the same things, I think, time and time again, but I, I keep seeing this big shift from dialogues to monologues, right? It used to be right. have a conversation, I could see them, I could read their face, their energy, or on the phone, I could hear the tone of their voice. But in this uh, texting email generation, it's so difficult, if not impossible, to know where they are. How do you, how do you approach that? Yeah, that, that's been a challenge. And, and one of the ways we've been able to do that is to, to understand adjectives, understand what we call locus of control. So the adjectives, the words, how do they describe certain things? What words are they using to describe a particular circumstance can tell you a lot about where that person is. So if they are describing something in a more positive manner, they typically are positive and outgoing, and all of a sudden they're using words that are very negative or short, there is a red flag, yeah. right? Uh, individuals who tend to use I tend to be more, their locus of control is more internal. It's about me. We is about us in this conversation. And team, the, everybody else, tends to be all about working with the team. So mm-hmm. you, by listening, just listening to the words they use for different circumstances tells you what's the focus and what we call the center core for that individual. So if I'm talking to someone who's very team focused, we're going to be talking about team, collective, organizationally. That's their natural comfort zone. If I'm talking to an I type of person, then we're going to talk about here's what we're going to do and how you can do it and how you can accomplish it. Mm. Those subtle adjustments, what you're doing is fine tuning to that individual's way of thinking, listening and deciding. You're speaking a language that they can comprehend. So words you're using, ideas that you want, 
are going through a filter that is familiar to them. What we tend to do naturally is use what's familiar to us. It's what's comfortable to us. That's like classical music trying to talk to heavy metal. There's a disconnect there, right? Or two foreign languages. Yeah. So we all have, we've all been brought up with our culture, our IQ, uh, influences, all our value mechanism creates a tonality. And uh-huh. when you listen to the words they use and you reuse them back, you're speaking in what they're comfortable in their natural state. Wow, that's really powerful. Give me an example of uh, maybe one of these companies that people know about, or maybe maybe make it anonymous, perhaps, <laughs> of, a, of a situation where it seemed like this is impossible to fix this, and you were able to turn it around through your communication um, strategies. Sure. Um, brand new leader, we just got promoted, top performer in sales. Um, pandemic hits, yep. right? He hasn't even seen his team. A quarter of his team has been doing this job for over 30 years. The others have only been doing it for five years, and he has brand new recruits, right? And he's doing all of this virtually. And he's realizing very, very quickly how not only difficult it is to do this virtually, he's trying to implement a new system, which is why they promoted them. And on top of that, he's trying to buy trust and and, and respect virtually. Yeah. You know, so when I started working with them, the very first thing that we do with any new organization is that we use scientific assessments. There's no sense in guessing. And this is based on brainwave technology every participant takes it and now you have an x-ray almost a a a manual for each individual it tells you their temperament it tells you what motivates them their ideal environment how to communicate with them how when they're under pressure and stress what are their perceptions so it gives you everything as a foundational component and once we have that i could work with them say okay when you're going to work with this individual say someone is very social and outgoing now they're stuck in a box well you need to invite those people 20 or 30 minutes before the meeting Mm. and have a social conversation see how they're doing how's their family how are they dealing with all of this because if you don't it's going to come out in the meeting it's almost like a pressure cooker they need Mm -hmm. somewhere to relieve steam in a social environment those that are more task oriented they need an agenda prior to then you know what their role is and what the meetings all about and how long it's going to take as soon as the meeting starts it needs to be about business so now you're handling those task individuals Uh and for him he had a big group of 30 plus in the industry said you need to sit down with those guys at least a couple days prior pitch them and get their opinion on what to do and how to do it so now you have buy-in. They're now part of the conversation. <clears throat> so when the meeting started, everything went well. He knew who to talk to, who to ask quite what we already prepared some questions based on those reports, um, based on the opinion from the senior people. He actually let the senior people lead some uh, components out that he prepared them for. Yeah. And the meeting went really, really well. And he started to get trust. He started to get rapport because he now understood I need to tailor my conversation, especially virtually, to certain temperaments, certain age groups, and certain experiences. And when the moment he realized this is not a meeting, this is an experience tailored to each individual participant, he was able to communicate more efficiently. Wow, that's amazing. It's kind of like you uh, have a manual, like an operating manual for each, each person exactly. has an experience, huh? Absolutely. Every person now has an instruction manual, of what, how to communicate, 
what works for them, what doesn't, what environment to thrive, who's stress in these virtual environments, <clears throat> things of that nature. So yeah. he at least had information and data to work from. And as he communicate, you can fine tune. And that's why questions are so critical. We too often ask either close-ended question, leading questions, multiple choice questions, you know, just to get to what you want. Right. And that's the other thing, just for communication. For questions, what is the intent of what you're asking? Right, right. Are you asking to understand or are you asking to get to an answer? Uh-huh. Two totally separate things. Yeah. And because the human brain hears intent, hears that tonality, if you are asking to lead them somewhere, it, it, the brain's going to shut down. Wait a minute, this is like an interrogation. But when you can ask very simple questions for your listeners that are leaders, there are three questions designed to open the subconscious mind. And as human beings, we can't help but answer. Right. The first one is help me to understand whatever. So you're speaking to one of your uh, employees, you're doing a one on one and he's he's explaining a particular process of why he's comfortable doing something, but does it give you a lot of detail? That's when you bring in that, you know what? I really am interested in knowing more about that. Can you help me understand how we got there? And they'll give you more information. The other great question is walk me through. Okay. Walk me through your thought process. Mm -hmm. Now, the key is not just the words in the question, it's the tone. You yeah. have to be naturally curious. You want to really understand that's the magic. You know what? You know, walk me through your thought process. The tone's different than walk me through that. Mm -hmm. Again, tone plays a role here because the tonality that you use, it's either going to be soft and open or you're going to close. Any conversation you've ever had in your life, especially when you're asking questions, is going to cause one or two things to happen to the brain and to the body. You're either opening someone up with your tone and question or you're closing them up. Wow. When you start getting one word answers, that's closed. But when you start asking nice in a tone, curious, they're going to open naturally. Yeah. And the third question is what impact did that have? So especially this is really good with sales when they're making decisions or they chose to put someone into CRM and you're asking about the client. Well, what impact did your recommendation have? Or what impact did our product have? Now you're again, you're not, it's not a probing question. It doesn't bring up walls. It causes that person to bring in. And there's a bonus question depending on the situation, right especially when you're dealing with seniors. Yeah. What is your opinion on? As human beings, we can't help but give our opinion. Even when we don't yeah. get asked, we're, giving our opinion, right? So utilizing that helps that conversation and helps that person to be more open. The more open they are, the more are they, they feel comfortable in sharing. Dude, we have, we have talked for, for months about stuff and I'm taking notes. I still take notes talking to you. This is great. <laughs> Seriously, I'm, I'm like, wow, this is horrible. One of my good friends is uh, Noah St. John. He, uh, he, uh, he penned the book, uh, Affirmations. Not affirmations, affirmations. He said the reason affirma affirmations don't work is because we, we say one thing consciously, subconsciously, we're saying another, right? So 
I'm happy, I'm healthy. No, I'm miserable and depressed. Right? <laughs> so he coined the term F formations where you take that same thing and said, why am I happy? How exactly. does a healthy person eat? And because what you said is so spot on, the brain cannot not answer or try to answer a question, the subconscious goes to work on it. Exactly. So it's a it's a great book. I'm, I'll make sure you get, get hook up yeah. with Noah. He's, he's a brilliant guy. Um, this is really good stuff. So it brings me to my your title of your new book here I see behind you. Yeah. It's not business, it's personal, which is a, a plan words that everybody always says, it's not personal, it's business. And you're saying the exact opposite. Tell me about that title. So this started in the pandemic, kind of the, the reason why kind of the conversations we're having. Yeah. I was working with so many of these young supervisors and managers mm -hmm. and executives running into the exact same problem. So what happens is you get these top performers, they get promoted, you know, and they know everything about the industry and their product, yeah. but they're yeah. never put through management or leadership training. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? They go back to what got me to this in the first place. Uh -huh. Well, not everyone is them. So they don't have the skill sets or the tools to be really good leaders. And good leadership is not about the business or the numbers or the quota. It's about that one-on-one -on -one relations you have with each individual on your team and the team as a collective. And that's why we came up with that title. This is not about business. If you want to be a great leader, it's about the personal relationships you have. The right. number one rule I learned in the military is that each one of my teammates are different, bring a different skill set, require a different motivation. You got to know them personally because then when you bring them collectively, you don't you know what that culture is, but how to interact with each individual. Wow. And that's where the subtitle is about strategic conversations. Right. The challenge every one of those new leaders words is was all about communication. How do I influence? How do I bring my ideas? How do I build trust uh, with these guys mm -hmm. and, and gals as well? Not just, just guys, everyone, everyone on their team. Right. And they didn't know how to. They realized very quickly what got them there wasn't going to work in a leadership role. And it's a shame that most companies don't consider that in the promotional phase. You're promoting a great talent, but you're not giving them the tools to succeed, which is why you lose great talent because you're setting them up for failure. Just oh, as you expected them to learn product, service, and culture, they need to also train how do you learn to be a great exceptional leader and manager and supervisor, because now that's your role. And most leaders think that their teams work for them. It's not the case, it's the other way around. Their team, you work for your teams. If you, as you as a leader gets fired, it doesn't affect the team. If the entire team walks out, it affects you, right? Yeah. What they do affects your bottom line. So you're really working on making sure they have everything they need, the training they need. You're no longer a boss. You are a mentor, you're an advisor, and you're a teacher. That's what you are. Um, and that's what the really the book is all about, giving them a lot of instruction after 10 years of working with leaders yeah. but more importantly what i saw this last year on the mentality the strategies communication tactics of the of what to do as a leader uh, and it's this is not just philosophy this is was what we did and what worked not only the last <clears throat> 10 years but mostly in the first in this last year and a half with these new leaders during the pandemic um and all the results that we got through this
Yeah. Uh, was phenomenal. I was so so happy with what these guys were able to do with what we did. Gosh, I'm just I'm just scratching like two percent of the surface of this stuff. I I usually in my team meetings like what can I do for you? What what can I do to help you out? Nobody says anything. I think they're too shy to to chime right. in. Yeah. I have a horrible culture of people who are just introvert. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> yes, but that's why they're very good at what they do. Yeah. Um, and that's why when we and that happens a lot. So when you look at we brought in um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah. and the five dysfunctions and one of the five dysfunctions, the fear of conflict. And, and that's what you have. You, you, when you, when we look at behaviors, you have behaviors that are very introverted that don't really like conflict, right. which tells me there, there may be a level of trust, but not enough to overcome the fear of conflict. Right. So it's having those conversations that this is not about conflict. This is about support. This is about team growth, team performance. Yeah. And, and maybe explaining to them, when I ask, what do you need? I really mean, what do you need? I'm here to serve. I'm here right. to help. And it goes back to what words you use. If you have introverted, more reserved team, it's yeah. the words that I'm here to serve. I'm here to make sure you have everything you need. You know, don't be afraid to ask because I want the best for you and the team. Those words resonate with that group versus the high performance team. Okay, good. What do you guys need to kick ass? What are you missing? What tools do you need? Right. right. You come whining to me later when you wish you had it. I'm asking now. Yep. Right. Yep. Two exact same message. Yeah. Two ways to direct it. You got to match the personality, I guess. Right. Okay. Right. Maybe do more one on one in the group setting. They're probably even more reluctant yeah, to more one on one one on one better. easier yeah okay yeah exactly thanks for that manager tip i need that today it's great <laughs> oh my gosh um in closing what obviously we can people get the, the book on amazon I know it's uh, in sale recently here um how do people get a hold of you they can reach me through www.penaglobal.net mm -hmm. uh, they reach me there they can call me 770-616-8080 send me a text and i'll be happy to respond you can schedule a 50-minute conversation. If you're an executive, if you're a leader, if you're hiring new people right now, don't guess. We have the science to help you find the right people. If you have top leaders and supervisors, uh, don't just throw them into that position. We can provide you with a lot of insight and training to make sure that you elevate that person and create that high-performance team that leads to an impressive customer journey that increases revenue and increases that customer loyalty. That's, That's our expertise. So reach out to us by phone, by email, rico at penaglobal.net, our website, www.penaglobal.net. And get a copy of this book. It's a good one. Obviously, learning yes. a lot. I'm writing down my, my questions here. So I appreciate it, Rico. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Guys, you got your team did an amazing job. Uh, thank you so very much. And I want to let those of you, the, this is not just an average book. It's very interactive. It's got QR codes throughout the book for videos podcast and a few surprises that you might like Ooh, surprises like that okay very good thank you rico pena from pena global get his book check him out he knows what he's talking about obviously thanks so much and don't forget to click below and subscribe to our show there's some goodies for you there as, as subscribers as well thanks so much thanks for having me doug